With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Investigative challenges. What are some of the top challenges you may well face during an investigation? Beyond the basics, a company must consider the intake process as a starting point, which Jonathan Marks noted is one of the biggest challenges. Rather surprisingly, he noted there are still companies without a hotline or anonymous reporting system, stating we still see organizations where there's no formal ethics hotline except for the fact they might send an email to some member of management or someone on the board. The lack of intake process immediately presents a challenge in beginning to work through an allegation of wrongdoing due to the inability to track when the allegation or information was received, who sent it, who received it, and what did the company do when they received it. If a company has a formal ethics reporting system with a recordation of information, there's some workflow, it's a lot easier to work through some of those kinds of things. So there's an appropriate level of documentation to follow. Yet Marx has seen failures even in these basic steps as many people do not read their emails on a timely basis and getting to the root of the issue quickly could be the difference between somebody allowing the company to investigate this the right way and incentivizing an individual to go outside an organization such as to the SEC whistleblower program. This makes the intake process critical because it assures that things are not only well received, but they're looked at on a regular and timely basis and there is a process. One area that still causes challenges is retaliation against whistleblowers. You might think that corporate America got the message that not only is retaliation incredibly divisive, but it is also illegal under both Sox and Dodd-Frank. But, sadly, this is not the case. Marx believed that avoiding retaliation is critical not only for an organization, but also to foment a successful investigation. He stated, avoiding retaliation is very critical. I think there's a real opportunity where human resources, if properly trained, can work with the rest of the team members and advise them on things that they should not be doing and things they should be doing in order to either uh, prevent the appearance of retaliation or actual retaliation against individuals who reported or brought forth the potential of alleged misconduct. Equally important is that a company wants to encourage a stand-up culture. When individuals are trying to do the right thing, you certainly want to inspire inspire others to do so as well. When somebody reports an ethical lapse, it generally means that they're doing their job. So as indirect impact or sometimes the direct impact of that is sometimes people are looked at as snitches and not towing the company line or they're just generally out of bounds or negatively impact the organization or my personal personal favorite statement, not a team player. An area where Marx has seen the company have difficulties is in what he termed threatened or pending litigation. 
Any investigation can morph into a much more serious situation, and you must be ready to answer such questions as, does this gravitate itself into a class action lawsuit, or does this gravitate to a regulatory review subject to some punishment here? The key is that the investigation begins to undercover things and certain facts come to light or pending threatened litigation that something should always be discussed, but discussed very carefully, and it should be discussed once the facts come into play. Sometimes you don't have all the facts, but it, sometimes it makes sense to prognosticate and consider the situation. Not surprisingly, another area of challenge is when the regulators will not accept the investigation or are not satisfied with the results. While I submit to you that if you follow the strictures that I've laid out herein that will satisfy the regulators, there must be an overall level of skepticism brought by the investigation and investigative team. Regulator issues uh, arise when there's not proper skepticism and there was not proper independence or things simply didn't weren't looked at under the right lens is. But once you once again, the answer is to go through the steps of your investigative protocol or other well-defined protocol and have an independent team handle the investigation. At times, uh, the most difficult challenge is when the company itself is reluctant to accept the results of investigation. This comes when a company is in denial, believing it has a robust compliance program or internal controls, or worse yet, it simply believes that it is an ethical company. One or more of these indicia usually manifests themselves as a company has a paper compliance program, a CCO with a title but no authority, and a weak culture of compliance. When I say the company does not respect the investigation, it's almost like they're fighting with you because they believe that nothing could ever go wrong. That really does send a very, very clear message, not only internally, <clears throat> but also externally as well. It's an indication there's a problem with the co corporate culture and there's a problem with the compliance program and there's generally a pro problem with the governance overall. There are bigger issues other than what's on the table. Interesting, a similar situation can arise if the company's own auditors refuse to accept the results of an investigation. This is usually related when there's some type of unexpected development in an investigation. When auditors are involved, the element surprise is never good. It is important to keep internal audit aware of developments as they may want to do a shadow investigation. They may want to understand the expansion of your investigation and certainly they want to understand the financial impact. The reason is that if the company auditors do not accept the investigative results, they may send you back to the drawing board. When that happens, all types of pro problems can manifest themselves. Planning your investigation, having the right team members, and meeting the challenges which inevitably arise during an investigation can be difficult. However, beginning with the 2015 Yates memo, the 2016 pilot program, the 2017 and 2019 evaluation of corporate compliance programs with the 2020 update through the FCPA corporate enforcement program, the pressure on every CCO and company to get an investigation done quickly and efficiently is even greater now. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, the intake process may seem like the most straightforward, but many companies drop the ball at this initial step. It is absolutely critical that you have a recordation of your intake. Two, never, you must never, 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 never retaliate against employees who come forward in good faith. Not only is it illegal, it's in an incredibly bad message to the rest of your employees and for those you wanna hire going forward. And finally, 
use, use your imagination, think several steps ahead, be prepared, have your documents ready, and utilize the time to not only prepare, but reflect as well. This is Tom Fox. I hope you will enjoy this month's offering on hotlines and investigations. A 31 days to a more effective compliance program. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation in compliance. Thanks again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.